0: Lesya Ukrainka, perhaps the best Ukrainian writer in history. Feminist, environmentalist, and one of the greatest dramatists in European literature, Lesya Ukrainka's texts are now getting new attention, both from Ukraine and worldwide. Her texts are not widely translated into foreign languages, a gap that certainly needs to be filled. Our conversation about Lesya Ukrainka is part of our new series, Discovering Ukrainian Culture. You're listening to the podcast Explaining Ukraine. Explaining Ukraine is a podcast in English produced by Ukraine World, a website in English about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I'm chief editor of Ukraine World. My co-host is Tetiano Harkova, who heads the international department at Ukraine Crisis Media Center. Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the biggest Ukrainian media NGOs. Before we start, let me remind you that you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com ukraineworld. We devote majority of your assistance to help uh, people affected by this war and to help Ukrainian defenders. Patreon.com ukraineworld. So let's start, and indeed Lesya Ukrainka is a remarkable personality. Uh, last year we celebrated 150 years from her birthday. Why do you think she's so important if I say that she's the best Ukrainian writer ever in history? Would you agree? Um,
1: uh, yes, indeed. Lesya Ukrainka is extremely important for Ukrainian classic literature and modernist canon, but we can argue if she is the most important because when you look uh, at Ukrainian literature the most prominent figure now presented is certainly Taras Shevchenko but uh, i would argue that Lesia Ukrainka is maybe as as important as Shevchenko and she represents the other side of this Ukrainian Pantheon in, in a way. First of all, let's look back to where, to the context where she lived and where she was born and where she created. She was born in the 19th century. She lived until 1913. Uh, so she, and she was a woman. And we don't know a lot of women who are prominent uh, writers in other European literature. So this is an important thing. And Lesia Ukrinka here is not alone. If you look back, at Ukrainian literature, you will find also Markov Avchok, uh, also called daughter of Stara Shevchenka. This affiliation is important, and Markov Avchok who traveled later to France and became also a writer in France. Uh, we can also talk about Olyha Kobylanska, a great modernist writer, close to German German tradition her native language was German by the way and Ukrainian literature was and Ukrainian language was a choice for her and Lesya Ukrainka came these figures are some other female authors as well so Lesya Ukrainka is important because not only she is female author but also she represents if compared to Taras which is known to be to be a great poet Author of marvelous poems, um, not of them, not all of them are widely translated. But she represents this intellectual tradition, which is uh, also present in in, in Ukrainian uh, tradition, but which is st- stayed somehow behind for many decades. Because Shevchenko is a poet who is uh, who was born in, in in a village who had almost no education, and who became this genius poet for the whole nation. But Lysia Ukrainka is just the opposite, opposite figure, because she was born in a very, very much intellectual family. She, she, she has all these intellectual traditions. Uh, she speaks many foreign languages, and she reads many foreign languages, and she represents these links between European culture and Ukrainian culture.
0: So if I tell you that uh, Shevchenko is somebody who regenerated the Ukrainian nation in the early 19th century, and uh, there is one phrase by Yevhen Malanuk, a famous Ukrainian essayist of the 20th century, who said that Ukraine was as if a headless body, a body without a head, and Shevchenko was somebody who uh, brought back this head to this headless body, to this akefal, to use the metaphor of the 20th century. Lesya Uk- Ukrainka really gave this uh, vibrant, young, uh, not so much numerous Ukrainian culture, not so many people in the 19th century were investing themselves in, in, in writing literature. Uh, so Lesya Ukrainka would uh, create, I think, this global. Global horizon of the of the Ukrainian culture. Uh, would you
1: agree with that? Yeah, sure, sure, no doubt. She's a global a global writer in a way that she feels as if she were at home in Greek literature, in Greek tradition, in Roman tradition, in in a way Jewish tradition. Why not? And she she masters really different periods of uh, European civilization and uh, European history. And uh, she was many, many times accused by Ukrainian community, by the way, why she's not speaking about Ukraine. In her texts why for example she's not speaking about Cossacks, she's not openly speaking about Ukrainian not not a lot at least at least not about Ukrainian history about Ukrainian tradition why we don't find a, a big number of Ukrainian characters in, in her works but the answer here is that she was all the time speaking about Ukraine But she was doing that through this European tradition. When she created her place, you can easily recognize problems, which were proper for for her time and maybe some universal problems. But she was trying to incorporate these Ukrainian problematics, Ukrainian culture, Ukrainian ideas in a much wider perspective. Right? Am I right?
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, And... uh the best, probably, what, what she has written. Of course, she she's written lots of poems. She has written a little bit of prose. But the key thing, the, the, really the, the kind of accumulation of shadows is you know, her dramas. And uh, last year, there was a new edition of Lesio Ukrainka's work done by famous Ukrainian philologists. And the first volumes, I think the first four or five volumes, Maybe three volumes were were dedicated to dramas this is This was an idea to reverse kind of a, this canon of publishing the works of poets that you start with lyrics, then you go to something else, and then, in the end um, in near the tenth volume of of collected works, you publish dramas. This publication is different and I think it is it is it, it is a very good decision to put the dramas at the beginning.
1: By the way, um, we should also talk about the perception of Les Ukrainka uh, works during Soviet time because she was born just before the Soviet time started Soviet uh, Period started started in the Ukrainian literature and, and Soviet literature itself, and she was, by the way, quite well uh, received in this uh, literature, but in this canon, in this tradition, Soviet tradition. But at the same time, I do remember that in school we were studying her poems, we are studying just only her uh, Lisova pisnya uh, the song of the woods, right? And or a song.
0: The Forest Song.
1: Forest Song and The Soul. So she was uh, considered to be a poet, first of all. But I think that this rereading, which takes place now in post-Soviet times, in the independent Ukraine, there is no surprise that dramas comes first. Come first because dramas are real masterpieces. And in dramas, she really doesn't speak about Ukraine so much. But uh, by the way, I do like her prose as well because I think she's extremely original there and extremely uh, not pathetic at all. Very much psychological, a little bit social as well, and. Uh, and feminist as well, which is also important. So, I would not underestimate her prose, mm, in comp- precisely in comparison with 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 other writers of her time. But her dramas are maybe the most he, impo- most important part of her heritage. Maybe
0: it's it's a little bit banal uh, to compare her with Shakespeare, but I do want to to make this comparison because. Uh, Shakespeare is somebody who enters the English literature, an English culture during the time when it is not dominant. So it, it is not everywhere. Uh, England is rather a province in 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 the big in the big European scene. Uh, there is clearly uh, some examples to follow, primarily Italy, the ancient history, and. As if Shakespeare tries to find different subjects, different topics to enrich his own his own literature. As if it is a young literature which tries to test its capacity to talk about other problems, other topics, and um, and by this testing, it it really jumps to a enormous heights. So I think th- the same is actually true with Lesia Ukrainka, because. Well, if we take uh, the Ukrainian literature of the time, of course it is very deep. We are we are talking about the ancient Ukrainian literature in Old Slavonic, in Latin, in Polish, in Proto-Ukrainian. And uh, we are talking about the literature in the vernacular language, which was at least 100 years old when you... when Lesia Ukrainka started writing. But at the same time, there was this feeling that this culture is at the same time very old and very young. And uh, this temptation, this, or uh, I would say this ambition to write on so many subjects, to say and to prove to yourself and to your compatriots that, look, Ukrainians can talk about these things. They can talk about, in their language, about these things. So what are the things she's she's actually working on? Well, for example, early Christianity, this battle between the Roman Empire and early Christianity. Uh, the place like Rufin and Priscilla, the place like... Uh, the place like... Um, uh, martian martian lawyer well i'm 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 keeping i'm translating this this um advocate martian right uh johanna martian here yeah. right um johanna zhinka husova johanna the the wife of hus and and many others so you're really locating in this topos of early christianity and different different questions which are asked for example come this early Christians, their relations to the Roman Empire, but also their relations to to Judaism. And this is
1: precisely the place, the point where we can talk about that she is not talking about Ukraine, but in a way she is talking about Ukraine in this place because in this metaphor of early Christians against uh, inside, but against this Roman Empire, this is also the image of what Ukraine was at that time in this big Russian Empire. So she was talking about the truth and about the suffering, a lot of a lot about suffering, about persecution, about uh, torture and. All that things, and about the capacity of people to be on the on the on, on the on the bright side uh, of the of the of the battle, and to keep courage, and to 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 find to try to find the truth, and to to protect each other. So this is about the minority being persecuted by the in, the in the empire. And this is exact image of what Ukraine was at that time. By the way, let's also mention that Alessia Ukrainka was born in a family of a very active uh, uh, people. Her mother, Olena Pchilka, was one of the founder of this, uh, how you call it in English, Ukrainian her mother. She was very busy with all this, uh, with teaching Ukrainian, with publishing books, Uh, Also herself a feminist. So they were quite progressive people for that time. And uh, she was a leader in the family, by the way. in the family where Lesyuklenko was born, and they were trying to to recreate in a way to recreate this new Ukraine inside the empire. People around them, I mean this this network of people, all of them were writers, or thinkers, or artists, or whatever. They were people who were devoted to the Ukrainian idea, and yes, indeed, they uh, suffered from persecutions. Let's mention who uh, Mikhailo Dragomanov, we were discussing him in a different podcast, maybe. And he was uh, he was Lese Ukrainka uncle. So he was a brother of his mother, right? The, uh, Dragomanov who had to leave Russian empire because of the the ban, because of the persecution coming from the Tsar, right? Right.
0: Right. Um. So it's it's really interesting to see to look at this Ukrainian culture of the late nineteenth century as the catacomb culture, right? So this metaphor of catacombs, and Lesia Ukrainka has herself a play a text which is called "In Catacombs." Uh, so it is it is very important, but at the same time, this metaphor doesn't come from Lesia Ukrainka, doesn't come from this epoch. It it is it has much deeper roots, and I would say that it 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 has been started by Shevchenko because Shevchenko has a poem called Neophytes. And in Neophytes, he shows these early Christians who are primarily like opposed to this Roman Empire who, and who are persecuted by the Roman Empire. And you can actually feel this analogy. These Neophytes are those society of Cyril and Methodius uh, with whom Shevchenko was communicating and which was actually destroyed by the tsarist regime in 47 in 1847 one year before the springtime of the people but in Shevchenko, there is a clear black and white picture so nail fits the early christians are good roman empire is bad leso Okrinka is not that linear because one of the major uh, one of the major topics of of her dramas is how this community of early Christians can actually be also authoritarian towards certain individuals. This is the key uh, in advocat Martian, in uh, Martian Lawyer, we can say Martian Attorney, Martian Defender. So she not only shows how the empire oppresses a certain community, but she also shows how this community, which is in danger, can oppress individual freedom
1: yes and this is a uh, this is a brilliant remark on, uh, coming from you and uh, it also expresses what uh, where uh, Lesokrinka was situated she was on one hand we have, we have her mother Olena Pchilka who was a kind of a, if we call it nationalist you know very patriotic woman and her brother Dragomanov, which was mul- much more open Cosmopolitan Cosmopolitan. and he had big
0: troubles with Ukrainian, let's say, nationalists. Yeah,
1: and that's why exactly he was speaking about individual choices and about individual. He's also also this idea of decentralization, etc., etc. But but in this couple of sister and brother, the mother of Lesia Ukrainka, Leonid Pchilka, was on this position of the important community is important, the group is important, and a minority which is persecuted is. Comes first, and Drahomanov, who left Ukraine and uh, he left Russian Empire, was on the position of of what we call today human rights, individual freedom, and Lysyukrinka was be, just between two, two two of them. So, and in her place, and what is why she's really genius in in some of her plays. Place, is that because she she is doing an excellent work trying to to present. Different viewpoints and different worlds and different uh, different viewpoints on 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 major fundamental problems, and she uh, and she succeeds to 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 give uh, form to these different views. Little yeah, we
0: can call her. Of course, that her dramas are very polyphonic. So, I think Bachtin was was absolutely wrong calling Dostoevsky's novel polyphonic. Uh, If he had read Ukrainka more attentively, uh, he would find out, Bakhtin had certain sympathy towards the Ukrainian cause and and Ukrainian tradition, uh, but uh, he would understand that, well, the real polyphony is here. And I think that this uh, really, really this desire to show these polyphonic voices and actually uh, Yuri Shvilo, one of the greatest Ukrainian intellectuals of the 20th century, he really pointed out very, very uh, straightforward and very interesting that basically who is, who is in this polyphony in Les Ukrainka plays? These are not characters. Who is, what is the struggle? What is the biggest battle? Not really between characters, not, not really between particular people with their experience, but be- between ideas. These are ideas. Values which became flesh, which became embodied in certain characters. So in a way, we see in Lesia Ukrainka a profound philosophical uh, tensions. Uh, philosophical tensions, we can call her dramas, Socratic dramas. We already did this um, characterization. Uh, with my, uh, we, we talked about it with, with my father, for example. Socratic dramas, yes, but even more than that. Uh, even more than Socratic, because actually the roots of this, I think, and, and it, it is important that we mention uh, mention Shakespeare, but I think the roots of it is really in the classical drama in Aeschylus, in, in Sophocles, in Euripides. So this is the line, this is a very important line from ancient Greece to, to Lassie-Ukraine come.
1: Yes, and unfortunately, many of these subjects were quite unfamiliar and not common in the Ukrainian uh, literature of that time. So we can speak about the fact that Lesya Ukrainka was somehow misunderstood by by people who lived in the same time. Uh, At least what we know that her dramas were not... uh, not so popular at that time, and they're much more popular today. And another issue I haven't mentioned. So we were talking about dramas and about poems, and she she did draw some prose. Uh, so some pieces are really brilliant to me, but she also wrote a lot of letters. So in these volumes... Uh, of her um, of her works, now we find her letters, and they are also important documents of the time. Uh, he wrote letters to her uncle Drahomanov uh, and since uh, she was an adolescent, she she was maybe thirteen or twelve, even twenty years old when she started. Uh, so so we have these letters, and this is also intellectual heritage because in these letters we can we can. Just see an important dialogue between Lesia Ukrainka and her people of her time, and the same about Olga Kobylanska. There were a lot of rumors in Ukrainian between Ukrainian scholars about maybe uh, uh, some particular particular relationship between these both women. Uh, some some critics were also talking about maybe a lesbian. Uh, relationship which is probably not that but uh, this is at least about quite a quite profound friendship and intellectual dialogue and human dialogue as well so these letters uh, should be also translated uh, in my understanding and they are provide a wider picture of what discussions and dialogue intellectual dialogues of the of the time uh, how they looked like
0: Absolutely agree, and let's let's also talk about some other topics that Lesio Krynka tried to uh, to focus on. For example, the topic of truth, and the, the the key the key play here is Cassandra. So again, you mentioned this minority issue. Obviously, Cassandra and the story of Cassandra is the example of of minority per se, a person who is who knows the truth, who is. Uh, expressing the truth, but whom nobody believes, and actually today Cassandra is remarkably prophetic because we can actually read today's events, this war, the information that all of us had in Ukraine, abroad, but that some so so little number of people believed, and this is also a, a lesson to us that very often we are just blind to to very simple truth. We we. Actually, we prefer to be in a wishful thinking. We prefer to live in an illusion and uh, be blind towards a a very, very straightforward truth. So this is something that Lesia Ukrainka uncovers in her Cassandra. And Cassandra is a play, uh, as far as I know, which was already staged in English in London recently, which is very important. Again, another interesting thing is, of course, Cassandra is a kind of alternative history of the Trojan War. So the interest to this alternative histories of of the classical subject is very important for for Ukrainians and one of the key Ukrainian characters, starting from Kotlyarevsky's Aeneas, Aeneas, the the founder of Rome, but also the somebody who escaped the Troy or so somebody from the other side of the Trojan war another topic is very i would say surprising for Lesia Ukrainka because Lesia Ukrainka her character was she was a very ascetic woman she was a woman very much in, con, in control of herself she was a woman suffering from um, very difficult disease and and that uh, pro, uh, that brings her you know, maybe close to Nietzsche, how you continue to be creative and active despite this disease. Uh but she wrote a play about Don Juan, which is called uh the Stone Master, not the Stone Guest, we all accustomed to to the story from Spanish Baroque, from Tirso de Molina, uh the stone guest, this you know envoyer envoy from the underworld which comes and punishes the main character, Don Juan. But she is writing the stone master. She is writing a play in which this stone, this petrification, is rather not a, a symbol of the underworld, the world of the dead, but the symbol of power in this world, in the earthly world. And I think my argument is that Therefore I'm I'm calling this play an aeropolitics an example of aeropolitics because it is an attempt to look through the human relationships through the relationship of of love of eros uh, but actually look through something very very profound pl- political yes exactly and the, and the key I think the key leitmotif of this play is the question of relation between freedom and
1: power Yes, exactly. And uh, it, when we look back, we see that Leslie Ukrainka was uh, died in nineteen thirteen. So uh, a couple of years before uh, this uh, Bolshevik coup d'état, this uh, uh, October Revolution. And uh, yes, indeed, in uh, just in a few decades, uh, we're talking already about totalitarian society. In, in Ukrainian territory as well and uh, some critics are talking about the, her capacity to see beyond uh, visible and just beyond the perspectives which were present at that time and to foresee uh, some developments and the stone master was pretty much interpreted like a political metaphor much more than uh, than a love, just love story uh, linked to Don Juan uh, image and of all these things so she writes a lot about this stone you know this symbols this metaphor of this uh, of this uh, political most of all power political power and totalitarian power as well and uh, and maybe these ideas weren't so clear for people who lived in in her time but they are extremely clear for us who live after uh, lesa so yes indeed uh, this uh stone master is very important. And once again, uh, this is about dialogue with the European tradition, because she takes a very well known, so I guess maybe one of the most known uh, subjects and stories in the European tradition of Don Juan, from Tirsa de Molino, Molière and many, many others. So this is a kind of a very popular image, but she makes something, uh, something very different from that and something very modern in a way. So this is not about love. This is about politics. And uh, yes, uh, Lysia was extremely interested by the politics due to her mother and to Dragomanov as well and to all her surrounding. Let's not also forget you mentioned Nietzsche. Nietzsche as a a certain parallel because yes, indeed, Leysia was uh, quite ill starting from her early childhood. Uh, And she suffered from her illness All her life, she died in her forties. She was quite young for that age. She died in her forties and she had to travel really a lot. So, and if you look at the geographics of her moves, we will see there, southern Ukraine, Crimea, Kherson. If I'm not mistaken, she's been there. You also noted there, Georgia, right? She was, she died in Georgia and uh, Egypt, a lot of Egypt. Uh, and some other countries. So she was a traveler, but this was not a travel, you know, just a trip for for entertainment, or for pleasure. There were there were trips to survive because she was also always in search of a climate, which would be, uh, which would help her to resist against uh, her illness. And this is also a strong woman. So in a way, writing Don Juan's story, not as a story about love, but a story about politics. And being somebody who is struggling against illness during all your life, so she has that image of an extremely strong lady, strong woman.
0: You mentioned the the East, East Egypt, Middle East, and this is very interesting because I think that Lesyukrinka gives us a, a kind of a a new a new attempt to look at what what is called Orientalism. Right? because she's not a, a Western writer. She's not a writer uh, from the imperial, from the empire. She's a writer from a colony or from a, a, a country which uh, was a colony at the time. And she comes to other countries which also feel themselves as, as colonies or colonized or oppressed. And this is a very interesting dialogue. So this is not a dialogue between a master and the the oppressed this is not a dialogue between because even if if this is what we find actually in russian literature very often even if we're talking about some you know writers like lermontov who tries to uh, show some sympathy towards the colonized like to the caucasus or whatever he still speaks as an imperial subject as a as a representative of the of the cruel imperial army that actually oppresses this uh, these territories. Lesio Okrinka is of course not, not uh, this woman. So it's, it's very would be very interesting and I think it is done, I hope it is done in, in, in the literature scholarship to analyze it. What does it mean when a, a, a writer from the colonized country in Eastern Europe comes to colonized lands of Middle East, for example? Right. Another big topic is, of course, you mentioned already, the forest song, Lisova Pisnya. And uh, uh, I, would li- I would like to quote a uh, very interesting, very good uh, American writer whom I uh, like very much, Askold Melnychuk, who has Ukrainian origin, who recently published an article about forest song saying this is an environmentalist uh, poem environmentalist drama, I think it's very interesting. So, of course, it's a kind of, okay, we're trying to apply the modern concepts, 21st century concepts to early 20th century drama. But this shows us how Ukrainian culture can really be interesting for the 21st century because The Forest Song is really a drama based upon the Ukrainian mythology, based upon the meeting with the forest, with the, you know, creatures living in this forest. And this is a, a drama which is erasing the line between humans and non-humans, between humans and nature. And in a way we can say that this is a also a leitmotif of Ukrainian folk culture, you know, which which was not really a culture of the cities, which was not really a culture of, uh, you know, this modernized progressive uh, aristocracy, but in many aspects which continued as a culture uh, of living is eco culture in a way, environmental c- culture, culture of the countryside, but culture of with lots of botanic, animalistic, biological, uh, zoological elements, and I think this is this is remarkable. This is very interesting.
1: Yes, indeed, we can look back at that at uh, Lisová Piesnia as forest song has been. Uh, echo poem in a way this is uh, one of the most uh, popular um, texts of Les Ukrainka which was widely studied at school even in Soviet times and which is still has this enigmatic part in in the in the story itself so we do invite our uh, our audience just to to read try to read this text which is could seem simple um, but in a way it has a really Deeper uh, and very enigmatic in a way, um, uh, meaning. Um, let's uh, also mention Boyarnya. Boyarnya, and also, and also mention the fact that during Soviet times there were. Uh, works of Lesio Okrinka were censored. So there were some political meanings and some political messages which uh, were not allowed to pass at that time. And for for example, her play Boyaranya was censored. It was not published under Soviet regime and it was republished and it reappeared just a couple of decades ago after Ukraine got independence. And the question is why? If you read this play, you'll clearly see that this has has a, a very um, clear con- condemnation of what Russian uh, Russian oppression and Russian uh, ag- aggression is, is, in a way. So, once again, we can talk about the fact that Lesya Ukrainka was extremely modern, and uh, um, when you read her today, we see that she understood quite a lot of things that which which we are which we, we are living now. And
0: at the same time, you can read this play as uh, self critical critical towards Ukraine and Ukrainians who went to the empire and tried to serve it and had so many illusions that they were thinking that, OK, we will change this empire for the better. This was the destiny of many, many Ukrainians who actually helped to build this empire, maybe from good intentions. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're right, lesio Okrinka in this regard is very, very, very clear uh, and very radical in, in, in a good way. There is nothing to do uh, for Ukrainians, for this freedom-loving people with, with this empire. So this is our story of Lesia Ukrainka, of course. It's very difficult to tell the story in 35 minutes, but at least we hope that we made a kind of an introduction to uh, to her place, to, to her writings. It is really important right now to uh, discover Ukrainian culture. And there are not so many translations, unfortunately, so we hope that more translations will come of Lesya Ukrainka. There are not so many uh, plays which are put on stage because it's very difficult to put her on stage. And we hope that in the Ukrainian culture soon we will have much more theater plays of Lesya Ukrainka on stage. This was a podcast Explained in Ukraine by ukraineworld.org. Subscribe uh, to our podcast, subscribe to our Twitter, and you can support us on patreon.com slash Ukraine World. We de- devote majority of your donations to help Ukrainian defenders and people affected by this war. Patreon.com slash Ukraine world. Stay with us and stand with Ukraine. <music>